Listener Production. Coming up on the Footy Talk podcast, we dissect everything from a massive weekend of footy, including how good my pies were and how much I want Craig McRae to adopt me as his son. <laughs> Don't we all, Daisy? But the ruse are two and zip as well, ahead of a massive Clarko Cup coming up in round three. And I want to use a, a movie theme, a Hollywood theme uh, for my headlines this week, Daisy. I'm, I'm trying to think of something. And on the night where the lights went out up at the Gabba, all up a weekend where there's controversy after the siren, we'll dissect it all. That's coming up next on the Footy Talk podcast. This is the Footy Talk podcast for your Monday, your daily dose of footy, the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL and news there is plenty. We've got the biggest stars to break it down, Jay-Z Clark, of course, in the house as is the number one real estate agent in Darwin, (laughs) Abby Holmes. Good morning. Well, good morning, afternoon. I don't even know where we are on a Monday, but that's normal, isn't it? That is normal. normal. Jay, great to see you again. Daisy, are you selling homes in Darwin amid all your other commitments? With a name like Holmes, you can't not be a real estate agent. Is that right? Well, look, not many people know that I'm actually a fully licensed real estate agent. So I was selling houses up in the NT before all the media stuff kind of took off. Wow. You know the beauty of being a real estate agent, Jay? What is is you've got to be good at the gift of the gab. (laughs) And on Friday night, we didn't see the gift of the gab. We saw the gift of the Gabba to Abby Holmes, who was up there doing special comments for our dear friends there at Channel 7. Mm. The lights went out, which is a huge story in itself. Mm. Max Gorn's gone down. Mm. But we we were left in limbo, the world this is, and you were there and you had to give us updates when there was nothing coming through. It was the greatest display of padding I've ever seen. (laughs) Run us through it. 38 minutes. 38 minutes of talking absolute tripe. Can you believe it? Just to fill. And apparently I had the only working microphone in Queensland, so (laughs) I... That's not a good thing. No, no. And we lost everything. So obviously JB, BT, the callers, we had Richo and Hodgie up there as well and um, lost them. So I I just could very, very slightly hear my producer just being like, you've got to talk, just talk, just talk. And I'm like, what about? Um, It's dark down here, guys. uh, And that's when I I just picked up and said, the lights are out at the Gabba. And then I just spoke about what I could see. So obviously the the iPhone torches all came on, which was pretty epic. Um, the players are all standing around for a good kind of two, three minutes not knowing what was happening. And then, yeah, we were just kind of feeding the information as we got it. So what a crazy, crazy turn of events, though. Mental. And from the AFL's point of view, the information did seem like it was coming through pretty sporadically mm-hmm. and not overly defiant in anyone actually knowing what the hell went on in this situation, Jack? No, it was a bit unclear, wasn't it, when mm. they were going to come back out? And in the end, as Melbourne fought back, Brisbane quite filthy that they didn't yeah. get to train or come out and, and, and warm up and practice. Fags is dirty about that. Well, I, I was obviously on the ground when that happened and, and we were talking, Melbourne came out yep. and it would have been three minutes, three and a half minutes maybe before the Lions did. So obviously Fags has come out and said they were told to stay in the rooms, but then when they saw that the Ds mm. were out there, he yeah. was a bit dirty on it because... Yeah. They, they did come out a little bit flat if after Fake that, didn't they? If saw the D's warm-up, though, he wouldn't have missed much. It was very pedestrian mm. watching it. They weren't exactly doing no. lame work and warm-up. No, they were no, just no. having a kick-to-kick kick and yeah. seeing what was going on. Was there a chance yep. that the game was going to be called off? Yeah, well, if there's an hour, once it ticks so past. So purely time. Yeah. yeah so or, what yeah. we were told from the AFL officials is that they were going to go down into the rooms and have a, a stall in play for a minimum of 20 minutes, but mm. then a max of 60. So if we got to 60 minutes and there was still no, I guess, idea as to when the lights were coming on, the game would have been called and the scores would have stood. 
Okay, so if you get past half time, just going forward, hopefully it doesn't happen. If you mm. the game's past half time, there's a winner. If it's yep. before half time, it's a rematch. Bam. I'm asking questions that you don't know the answer to. <laughs> Look, that's story for another day. Anyway, on. we move on. You were absolutely brilliant. Oh, Full credit yes, to well thanks. Um, where do you want to go from here, Jay? The well, Pies, the Dogs, the Saints, yep. the Hawks. There is news everywhere. I'm a glass half full guy, so let's start with not only the hottest ticket in town, and that's a <laughs> Daisy raises his ass, half glass me full of water. <laughs> hey, the, Collingwood is playing a brand of footy. I mean, what's amazing about this is we all, you know, three weeks ago, we all think about our ladder predictions. We all thought, oh, the Pies can't do it again. It was a bit of a fluke last year. They won so many close games. Mm. Maybe they'll be sliding. Everyone was tipping them to slide, and they've come out and gone bang, Geelong, and then punch Port Adelaide in the face and they've got a second year kid he's played what 25 games Nick Dacos mm. the son of one of the greatest Collingwood players to ever kick a Sharon from the boundary line and he's having a Chris Jard a Joel Selwood style second season he's now equal favourite for the Brownlow yeah. medal and teams are A wondering not only how do they stop Nick Dacos because the tag was futile on Saturday mm-hmm. from Jones at Port Adelaide but also now, how do you stop this juggernaut? Like, how mm. do you stop? How, what? How, what's the kryptonite here for Collingwood, Daisy? Opp- opposition teams are looking at them, going, "They're so incredibly quick. They're so offensive. They're so attacking. You have you have to go into a game against Collingwood knowing that you're having to kick at least ninety points to win. It's the most intimidating task in football at the, at the minute, and and they're just incredibly fun to watch. They're awesome at the minute. They are genuinely Hollywood, as we touched on. They are the bright lights. You get there, you want to watch them. I don't know how you beat them. We've seen Mm. teams try and stifle them, but their ball movement and their game plan is so bold that they just continue coming. So they don't care if they give one or two up on turnover. They'll back themselves to get the next three or four in a row, and at times they do do that. They got eight in a row on the weekend, I'm Mm. pretty sure it was. I don't know. I, I'm still not sure if going into the game trying to have a shootout with them is the best result ever because they're better at that than most teams at the minute. They're unbelievably defensive. It is incredible what mm. Craig McRae has done mm. from two years ago after a big fire sale of talent. Yep. We're all going, what's going on? The coach has changed. The president's changed. There was a lot of uncertainty. And then all of a sudden, they are the best team mm. to watch in the competition mm. with the best young player in the competition. Mm. i tell you what. I think I'm a pie supporter. It's a big statement. You're yes. not the only one, though. <laughs> Everybody is now second favourite team, yeah. Collingwood. Yep. And that's the it's thing. incredible. I think we all want to be adopted by Craig McRae. He's one of I'd the greats. i up there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, have a beer with Darcy Moore as well. And I think speaking from the position of a boundary rider and being kind of amongst it at ground level on game day, mm. It's hard to kind of put it into words, but simply the vibe, right? And just the morale between the players, the coaches. I look at Richmond of 2017 and they had it. Like you could actually feel it. The brothers bond sort of vibe. Yes, you can feel it. Whereas now I'm I'm looking at the pies going, this is the team that has that, Mm. uh, you know, 10 out of 10, 110%. And it's it's very, very special to watch. And we'll talk about Hawthorne a little bit later, but... I, I sort of thought the one weakness Collingwood had previously was the contested footy a bit. They mm. weren't a great first possession team. They were getting beaten around the clearance last year. Then they go and get a bloke called Tom Mitchell yeah. in a trade for pick 27 off the top of my head. Brownlow yeah. medalist they mm. got for chips. A bag of peanuts. Yep. Um, 16 contested possessions he had at the weekend. He dominated Port Adelaide in there, not in a dominant or explosive way, but in a sort of death by thousand cuts way ar- yeah. ar- around the football. So now you look at Collingwood and it's like, wow, with the goey and him, they're really um, strong in that in, in the cauldron there. And that was possibly the one issue or the number one issue they had to fix. So we haven't been talking about Tom Mitchell a lot 
But when I look at the his contested yeah. possession rate and the way he feeds Nicky Dacos on mm-hmm. the outside and Josh Dacos, I think, wow, w- what an incredible trade for the Collingwood Footy Club. How are you feeling if you're Tom Mitchell as well? Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're going to get into Hawthorne yep. in a little bit, but... Hawthorne got rid of a lot of their senior talent and experience. And against a lot of their wills as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. This is where we're going. So for it. Tommy Mitchell to go over to the Pies, one of the you know the biggest clubs in the land, and to be playing and performing the way that they are in front of massive crowds at the MCG, he'd be licking his lips. Absolutely. Doing more with less he is, yep. which is brilliant to see because we know how good he can be. While we're touching on the Hawks, yep. they were horrible again against the Sydney Swans. I thought it was interesting what their coach was saying about they had some honest conversations uh, after the game in and around the character and trying to bring what they wanted to for long enough, and they weren't able to do that. Spirit. Spirit for Mm. long enough was the quote. I find that hard to swallow. Mm. If I was a player and I heard my coach peddling that out, and again, you don't really know the conversations behind closed doors, but what I'm hearing in the press is that it's almost a little bit of, well, you blokes take responsibility for it. I've been a part of getting rid of all the players that would have made us competitive for a lot longer in this game, but unfortunately it Mm. falls on you guys, so have your conversations. Right now, their list isn't good enough to compete at the level with 14 or 15 of the sides. So smashed by Essendon last week, 81-point loss to Sydney at the weekend. We know the Swans are in premiership mode or a top four side. They're always going to get belted in Mm. this one. You look at their list profile, the Hawks, they knew what they were coming into this year. They ripped the band-aid off. They um, cut all the senior players. And now in that midfield, tell me if I'm wrong here, guys, it's it's Newcomb and Warple or Buffs. They can win the hard footy, but then um, forward of the ball, the back end they were beaten in the width. Like This is going to be a really tough year mm. for Hawthorne fans. And you wonder, like, you know, who are they going to beat? Well, I actually think there's a they are the worst team in the competition by some margin at, mm. at the moment. I think that's the reality for Hawthorne fans. So Sam says, oh, we weren't trying hard enough. I think it's a really good point, Daisy, because they were you can try as much as their backsides. You, want. If you just yeah. got far less talent in the opposition. You get the which result is the case. You get. Yep. And just the way in which Sydney were easily, I guess, transitioning the ball from D fifty to forward fifty, yep. it it did look like a training run. And from a Hawthorne perspective, just the handballs either laterally or behind, and then Sydney's pressure was just elite early mm. in that game as well. So they were just suffocating the Hawks, and then on transition, absolutely dominating inside fifty. But yeah, it was a bit disheartening to see the Hawks come out yep. and perform that way. But in saying that, where where is the leadership out there on the ground and the experience? You get a chance against North this week. Yeah, well, that's the thing. This is Clarko Cup. This is the big. This is the big grudge match of the season. Yeah. Isn't it? Sam Mitchell versus oh. Alistair Clark. So they're going to try and pretend like it's not a thing. It's a thing. It's, it's a, a big thing, thing, everybody. <laughs> if North Melbourne go on to win this by 30, 40 odd points. Yes. What is now the and again this is the the, the big uh, the big looking into the future the crystal ball if you will mm. where do the Hawks go because North Melbourne have improved the Hawks haven't no well they're gone back they're gone backwards mm. I think they're headed for the number one draft pick I, I think Harley Reid I think it's pretty clear yeah I think I think it's not tanking but because it's been taken out of the players hands in terms of the list decisions that were made yeah. last season they're they're um, an incredibly young side and yeah North Melbourne. You, you talked about feathers and plucking and strut and all that sort of stuff. If Clarko notches that victory up against Hawthorne, he will be 
Oh, <laughs> how animated was he, by it's the way, on the weekend? To see. Yeah, we'll <laughs> move on to that one. North oh. Melbourne, obviously, against Fremantle. Controversy yep. at the end. But yes. North Melbourne now, two and zip. Amazing, two rounds. They've won as many games as they did in 23 last season. Who would have thought? Yeah. Not me. The Bombers, the Saints, and, and the Roos, yeah. all two and zip, yeah. heading into round three. But that performance was incredible. Mm. You know, going over to the West and taking on either West Coast or Frio at home is a tough challenge for anyone. But I was so impressed watching them on the weekend and a very controversial finish. Oh, wasn't mm. ever. Very controversial. This is why Jay-Z's got yeah. the chest out, the shoulders yeah, back, the feathers there. He's just news everywhere yeah. and you are a news nuffy oh, and you yeah. love it. What do I, we thought? What do yeah. we think I on that the right final? Call. I think yeah. the umpire's um, good on them. They stood up to a home crowd. Normally in the West, right, the noise of affirmation would have been easy. Yeah. The Fremantle fans get up, say, boy, oh, you're deliberate or give whatever. It, give it. Yeah. Yes. And the, the umpires <laughs> made a courageous decision favouring the, the away side. And it was a line ball call. Like, I've watched it 10 times. Mm. I still can't work yeah. out. You know, like, it's that it's that closer call. So yeah. I think the umpires in, in the moment did a really good job. Questions over Frio, though. And this Luke oh. Jackson trade, mm. we talked a lot about it last year, guys. $800,000 a year. Is it? Tell me if I'm wrong here, but Fremantle seem to have two number one rucks on their hand. They do. Sean Darcy yeah. looks like a number one ruck, and Luke Jackson looks like a number one ruck who, when he goes forward, sort of struggles to have too much of an impact. So they say, well, but he's like Mark Butzazi, he can play in the midfield and run and do all this other, you know, play like a midfielder. But it'd be, that hasn't, Justin Longmuir doesn't want to play him like that. Mm. He wants to play him as a, as a key forward ruck, and it just means that Darcy and Jackson aren't working and Fremantle um, have been very slow and stodgy with their scoring. Their one wood is their defensive, um, Daisy. But do they have to – is this a club that has to develop other scoring gears? How are they going to compete with Collingwood, the Fremantle Footy Club? Well, we've seen already that Rory Lobb is probably a bigger loss than we assumed at the time. Mm-hmm. He, Although he only kicked the 30-odd goals last year, he at least straightened them up. And then if you do have a Darcy down there or a Jackson, yep. they're taking the second-best second defender. Banana. They go down at the minute and they get the best genuine defender. Yep. The, both of them don't have a lot of forward craft. They just rely on being tall and agile and somewhat of an athletic build. Yep. So any decent de- defender who's... You know, and we're talking they're tall, but defenders only probably giving up six, seven centimetres and mm. a little bit of weight. Yep. They're good enough with their craft, the defenders, to manoeuvre them around and make sure they have no impact because they yeah. don't know where to go unless it's a bus stop lead, kick it to me in the goal square. Mm. There's just not enough uh, reward for, mm. I guess, output and effort from those big guys. So oh, I said it yesterday, I think we really need to find a way if we're Fremantle to get these guys involved in your game plan, get mm. them involved in offence, get them involved in your defence mm. because they're too good of players to be having as much or as little impact as mm. they are. Absolutely. And we know that this these relationships can take a little bit of time to, Work you know, out. not all of them are Gorn and Grundy that have just hit yep. the ground running and, you know can dominate the way that they have. But there was plenty of talk yesterday on Sean Darcy and many people out there are saying he'll be looking for a new home at the end of this year, which Going I think to is... Geelong, is that the... Well, if you're another club, yeah. you're claws in, yeah. aren't you? Because well, they're all talking about, like we're talking about, oh, this isn't working. It's not working. Darcy wants another opportunity. It's not necessarily the club saying, or oh, the player saying, oh, I want out. It'll be other clubs now, like Geelong, who need that next generation Ruckman mm. going, hey, mate, what do you think about this opportunity? Mm. So they'll be trying to... Um, wedge in those cracks. Do we all think they can turn around though? Because I certainly do. I do. I I'm do. not giving up on them just yet. And look at the last up. quarter yesterday. Like that. That was a very spirited effort and an almost unlikely forward in Jager O'Meara. Yep. <laughs> he got him yeah. across the line. So you know they lose. 
that one, a tight game. I, I certainly think that their midfield haven't fired the way that we are expecting them to. Mm. And, um, you know, we know what Sarong and Brayshaw are capable of. Yep. It just hasn't worked the first two rounds. So I do expect... Fremantle Dockers to respond. A team in a similar boat to the Fremantle Dockers is the Western Bulldogs. Saturday night footy came up against Ross Lyons Saints, who were solid enough against Frio the week before. I think we all had expectations to go to that one after the Dogs got absolutely trounced by the Demons in round one going... This is their opportunity. Yep. They rock up tonight. Yep. They flex their muscle. They get hard. They get tough. They roll up their sleeves. They get the ball. They flick it around mm. and they expose the Saints. It was not the case. Oh, and you look at the two midfields on paper and you think that Western Bulldogs should absolutely dominate this game out the of the... forward line v. the back line. All of it. So now, so they come into this round three game, the Western Bulldogs, the Josh Dunkley Cup up against the Brisbane Lions. Like, historically, if you start the season 0-3, you don't play finals. Like, yeah. it, Sydney was able to do it a few years ago. Other than that, 0-3, very difficult to come back from. So it is all on the line at Marvel Stadium on Thursday night. And um, I just wonder... Daisy, like how, you know, how, how does he uh, re-energise, reignite this group, Abby? Like in six days' time, does he do something different? How does he get the midfield firing? Like they are the biggest disappointment of the season for mine, the Bulldogs. And Joey Montagna said something really interesting yesterday, Daisy. He said they're going sideways. They're going yeah. lateral too yeah. much. They've got to be more direct in line with some, what some of the other teams are going. What's your take? Oh, I think that they have still the cattle to play that exciting brand of footy. For some reason, they're just not. They're yeah, going naturally and then their forwards have to – it sort of disconnects them. They end up 80 metres away from the ball. Then they shift it the other way. And then the forwards are doing big leads across centre-half forward. Mm. You're not playing to your strengths. You've got really good midfield. Bailey Smith's an unbelievable runner in there. You've got Bonham Pally, who's one of the best players in the comp. You need to play the modern brand and to your strengths. If I had been the coach of Bevo, I think it would have almost been lock the doors, roll the eskies in sort of areas. (laughs) I think that's... (laughs) Slightly an old school approach. And, <laughs> Work it yeah. out, fellas. Yeah. Work it out. Well, and sometimes that's it. You just need to go, look, this ain't working. Let's yeah. just have a good time. Um, there was a big talking point out of this, and unfortunately racism has raised its ugly head again, Abs. Really mm. disappointing. Social media won, but also at the ground for uh, Jamara Yugelhagen. Yeah, I'm shattered about this. As a society and a community, how are we still talking mm. about this? And... Jamara Yugelhagen racially vilified at the game on Saturday night and it just breaks my heart. Yep. You know, for me personally, um, you know, I've got a couple of Indigenous nephews. Um, they are my entire world. They are five and three, living the dream up in Darwin. They have absolutely no idea what racism is. But somewhere, what breaks my heart is that somewhere along their little journeys, oh God, I'll get emotional mm. about it. They're going to be exposed to this and, and they don't know anything about it, you know, and it just breaks my heart that we're still in today's day and age, 2023, having to educate people around how bad this is and and how awful it is to our Indigenous, you know, population here in Australia. Life ban is a fair shout. A hundred percent. It's not okay. Don't let that person back into the football and even to the point of, I'm not sure what you can do from a legal point of view, but a forced educational process of going through and actually learning about the words that you're saying Mm. and understanding how wrong this is. So to everyone out there who will be attending the footy and 99.9% of people going along are doing the right thing, if you are in that point one, be better. If there's one thing I'm slightly encouraged about 
and well said, um, Abby. Um, one thing I'm encouraged about is the quick response from the clubs and yeah. the AFL. Like it was just immediate yep. and it was really strong. So calling that out in, in these sorts of moments which are heartbreaking, mm-hmm. it's the one thing we can um, we can stick to, can't we? If, if you hear it, if you see it, jump all over it. Yep. Absolutely. Very well said. This weekend is going to be a massive game. St Kilda we touched on very good again. Yes. The Bombers, 2-0. and Unbelievable. St Kilda now go... Against the Bombers at the MCG, which yes. is rare air, yep. 150th year celebration yes. stuff. Yep. This is going to be massive. Unbelievable. And no one in their right mind would have picked these two teams. Oh, would have had a million like, to one. Honestly, it's, it is extraordinary. Well done, Brad Scott. He's stiffened mm. them up. What I've loved is the defence, right? This team has been pox at defending for a decade, maybe two decades. That They are much more organised and stronger behind the ball. Bre- Brennan Zirk Thatcher has had his best start to a season. He was unbelievable on mm. Ben King. Yeah, and without, even without these injuries, they're missing Cox, they're missing Reed. You know, they've been missing um, Stringer. They've been fantastic. And Zach Merritt, like, he looks... Looks like he's on track for an All Australian season. It is been he's been selfless. He's been desperate in his defensive acts, and I think he's shown true leadership. A bloke who's been maligned over the time, so it's been great. I just wonder without Jack Steele abs, mm. um, that's that he's a like. How did he play with a broken collar? I know. Like, First and foremost, the man at the end of Steele, the game. Yes. literally. Yes. I offered him my left hand. He said, "No, no, I'm right," and threw out the right paw at me. Right. As, a, as I did the on-ground interview with that, a broken collar. That's his shoulder. Oh, yeah. my God. And he as doesn't care. Ross said it as well. He'll go into surgery. Yep. They're saying four weeks. He's like, he'll get back in three. Yep. He'll get back. So, but he is. He will be an important pluck. That midfield is already yeah. a little bit thinner, and then losing him will be really tough for them. But hey, Ross, the boss, he's Can't a genius. He has certainly has been. That's a good start for us. You're listening to the Footy Talk podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Listener, please hit the like button and leave us a review or rating. New episodes every day at lunchtime. Coming up. Jay-Z, you're going to throw some headlines yes. at us. Oh, brilliant last week. Thank you. This is the Footy Talk Podcast. Jay, you yes. came to us last week with yep. the new idea of throwing some headlines at yes. us, which we just sort of saw through and decided that this is just you trying to get us to do a job for you. Um, but you want it again, so we're happy to play along. Well, Give them to us, please, well, your three best. Some are going to be serious. Some are going to be not so like, serious. All right, Daisy. So don't, 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 um, don't get all over me. But I'm, I'm not sure. It's probably the greatest movie of all time, but um, I think this is a, happy little, Gilmore. a little, little bit obvious. No, mate. Um, I mean, St Kilda starts of the season. Ross the boss, he's been absolutely extraordinary. Job for life last week. I think the Herald Sun headline on St Kilda this week is Lion King, you know the song. How do you think I went? Uh, we've watched it a thousand times. Well, hopefully my... we can get uh, the audio put over for that bit there so you can just you seem to be He's dancing like... along to it. Who yes. is, well, if Ross is uh, the Lion King, yes. Mufasa? Who does he then? Is that the Lion King? Oh, the Simba. Yeah, who's, who's Simba? Simba? Who is Simba? Mateus Philippa. Oh, yes. Oh, so Ross holding Mateus <laughs> up like this to the hordes of all the yes. people, all the Who fans. needs King and Membry, yes. right? Yeah. When yes. you've got Caminiti and Philippo. Right. Yes. Oh, who was meant to be waiting tables, Anthony Caminiti this I year. I love that story. Charcoal Grill on the Hill. Mm. Just good. a brilliant institution, so... And Get there if you can. In, in <laughs> saying that, we would welcome back King and Membry. We love you guys. But <laughs> yeah. you've got Good some pretty handy. Yep. Yep. And he is a dude who is enjoying himself. He's yeah. yeah. <laughs> high-fiving around the boundary line. Anyway, first up, Lion, Kong, uh, Lion King. Lion King. <laughs> um, now, I'm a glass half full, guys. I said, but this, this second one um, is a little bit more negative. Lost Dogs. 
Oh. You know, mm. the kennel. They don't know what they're doing. We touched on it before, Daisy. like a missing poster? Who let the dogs out? Yes, Luke Beveridge. Who let the dogs out? <laughs> <laughs> you don't need the audio. That okay. one was heaps so you know, And if they lose on Thursday night, oh, it will really blow up. They did re-sign him. Was that the right call? Luke Beveridge? I think the players still really mm. like what he's yeah. doing. Yeah, okay. I'm still not writing him off yet. I no, think okay. there's enough there. They mm. just have to figure it out at the moment. I agree. There's, Bevo's okay. the right man for the job. Okay, I'm putting the cart before the dog. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, um, and my third headline is Tricky Nicky, Nicky Dacos. He is going to be – is he better than – can he be better than his dad? Yes, he certainly can be. Yes. Uh, he's got the same trick bag plus possesses probably a bit more speed and ability yeah. to play up the field too. So yeah. I know it's a massive call. Give um, him the brown low already, I say. Yeah. Just yeah. hand it over. But do you know what I loved? And what? I said this to Keegs when we were watching on yep. the weekend – Josh Dacos has obviously been in the system for a little bit longer than his brother, right? Mm. Great player. Yeah. But I feel like as soon as his brother came on the scene, it elevated him as yes. well. Yes, like, I'm, I'm not letting my brother yeah. take all the headlines, all the, the heat. <laughs> I'm going to lift. Rivalry, I reckon it's a loving. They yeah. can't yeah. stop hugging each other, yeah. those two. Tricky Nicky. Yeah. Is there anywhere else you could have gone with that? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, Tricky Nicky, Nicky's you're a good so one. Fine. Hey? You're so funny, you my man, hey, Nicky. Yeah. Um, and he's a good-looking man, he's too. He's Isn't he? Yeah. He walked past me on the boundary line. <laughs> he's a good-looking man. So that's good, and we, we applaud him uh, for his magnificent start to the season. But he will be up on posters, on bedroom walls, all around Melbourne. Yeah. Just one last newsy one before we yes. get out of here, because we have comprehensively broken down the weekend's yes. footy. Nathan Broad oh, yep. will be a big talking point. Yep. You are the man when it comes to the tribunal. Mm. 100% strike rate, Abby, yep. which is unbelievable. Mm. Doesn't miss. Haven't Doesn't got miss. one wrong okay. for a long time. Right. Um, and so he said yesterday he'll be off to the tribunal, and he is. He has apologised for this. And when you do apologise nice and early, sometimes you do get a little week or two discount. It will be minimum three matches. Be unsurprised to see four as wow. the AFL really takes a hard-line stance mm. on these dangerous tackles and the head impact. Young Adelaide Crow, we feel for him, uh, concussed in the incident. We'll miss the showdown this week, yeah. which is huge. So Nathan Broad, it's got to it, it, um, it's got to be really clear to the league and to the players, Daisy, yep. that you can't do these dangerous tackles, which slams players' head into the ground. Do you think the whole playing cohort will take notice of this? Well, you would have thought after round one, you'd be silly to lay a bump. They yep. caught on to that pretty quickly. You'd yep. now be silly this week if you got in that position to sling someone and followed mm. through with it. Yep. Bit of a brain fade from Brody. And Brody yes. knew straight away, didn't yeah, he? he? You did. could see it in yep. his face. Obviously, Parnell stayed down on the ground for a significant mm. amount of time, but you just you just knew. He's he was not shattered. a dirty player. No, Nathan not Broad. at all. You yeah. consider him a very fair ball player. And a great man. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Hey, that has been the Footy Talk podcast for your Monday. If you've got any questions for Joey and Rui tomorrow, yes. get us on Instagram, footytalk underscore pod or TikTok at Footy Talk Pod. And it's been a massive show, Jake. It has. And if you're eyeing off any sort of Darwin properties or you're thinking about a <laughs> Northern Territory ranch up there in Kakadu or something like that, hit, hit me up. up. Yeah. Abby's Instagram, she'll be all over it. She's the person in the know. So For just... 25% commission, she will do anything. <laughs> it's been an awesome edition. Have yourselves a great Monday. Joey and Rui up tomorrow on the Footy Talk Podcast. Bye. Listener.